everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today again at RIT Podcast. Respect, humility, empathy. Those are the three values that we're striving for every single episode. We're tri- striving to be better versions of ourselves and better versions for uh, of, of each other for the future in our conversations. And this is just one step in the right direction. So that being said, uh, I'm joined by two atheists today. So it's a two-on-one. And uh, would you mind introducing yourself, Robert? My name is uh, Robert. Uh, I am a hard atheist and a secular humanist. Uh, I'm also a a freelance writer. I have a couple of books under my belt and uh, I run a secular humanist page, The Church of the Basement Dragon. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. There, there's the, you have the dragon at the Last Supper, right? I think I saw that. Yeah, that one's mine. (laughs) Uh, can you can you give us a one minute sales pitch on your website, please? Uh, we'll post a link to it. Oh, sure. Uh, it's uh, facebook.com slash basement dragon. And the basic idea is to provide a secular perspective on social issues, as well as to advocate for humanism. Uh, I have written on subjects in, in science, particularly biology, but also on matters of education and culture. Uh, I do occasionally write about news, but it's primarily focused on those other fields. Great. And Sid, um, can you introduce yourself for a minute, please? Uh, yeah, my name's Sid. Uh, actually, I might even be a member of the Basement Dragon Facebook group. I'll have to go check. I'm on, I'm on several of those groups, so I think that sounds familiar. I'll have to double check that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, um, an atheist. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't like terms like hard, soft atheism. I just don't believe. So I, I mean, I think that's kind of a blanket term, and, and there's some confusion with that word anyway. But anyway, if, for whatever that word's worth, uh, that's what I am. Um, uh, I, I don't write. I don't. <laughs> I don't do much else. I do a little bit of arguing on Facebook. Um, I you live are, up in what's you, that? You write. <laughs> you write rebuttals online. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I yeah. I like. I like. Uh, I like poking holes in people's uh, ideas, and I like have my ideas have their have holes poked in them too, because that's how you learn. So um, anyway, that's me. Yeah, great. Uh, so I got a. I got a quick question. Uh, do either of you? um watch or in the past or have watched uh, wwf uh, when i was a back, kid yes. yeah yeah <laughs> same thing yeah when i was a kid <laughs> I, I had a guest on yesterday and and i had mentioned that in south korea they do headshots and uh when they do when they do it in, in wrestling and um the south korea tries to edit out all that violence right so when they go to take the headshots it just cuts and you see the person on the floor right Actually, I love seeing the headshot. I still, I still like to watch WWF, but uh, I still call it WWF. But uh, so actually, me and the atheist guy started talking about wrestling for a while. It was kind of a, it was pathetic. Two grown men discussing wrestling, but it's pretty funny. So actually, um, you know, I, I, I do want to say this, uh, Robert. Um, we've had about twenty guests so far. Um, I think Robert has had Robert has had a profound, profound, profound influence on my life. There's been many things that he said that is like that's just made me stop and wow, at least take a minute, minute to process it. And Sid's great. Sid's joining me now uh, as a, as an occasional host, as you can see now. But uh, Rob, uh, I just can't thank you enough, man. As a father, as a human, uh, I consider myself a humanist, and 
really, really, really think you're making some great contributions. And uh, this is your fourth time on now. So you are, you're an all-star. Time flies. Oh, thanks. It's, it's been a real pleasure. I've uh, enjoyed doing this a great deal. I want to start off with a little bit of an icebreaker. And uh, I want you guys to tell me um, like a strange coincidence, either a coincidence or an experience you might've had that you might've confused for being a God. And, and I want to start with you, Sid, because uh, you could either talk about your aneurysm thing or maybe just a coincidence, something else that's happened in your life that maybe you might've interpreted as supernatural. Uh, hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, I got diagnosed a couple of years ago with uh, uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. And uh, one of the um, symptoms I had was I would have every so often I'd have a, um, a strong, all of a sudden a strong feeling of deja vu, like super intense. And at the same time, there was a, a, a whole bunch of um, nausea gotcha. that would come with it. With, with it. So uh, to have pointed out a couple of times, I'd throw up. Um, Ooh. So, um, and those started to intensify as in frequency and, and type. And then when I went in for my bone marrow transplant, they did a, they, when you go in for a bone marrow transplant, which is unrelated to the epilepsy, I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feeling like, and, I, and after I got diagnosed with what that was, it was a temporal epilepsy. And, and uh, one of the neurologists was talked to, he was he asking me to describe all these symptoms and he's totally nodding and writing stuff down. So he asked me, he goes, uh, <clears throat> he goes, did you have any, uh, uh, did you play any contact sports when you were a kid? I said, everyone that could hurt your head, I played. Like, you name it, I did it. Curling? Just, just no, no, curl, no. Is that curling or hockey? No, no. Hockey, football, rugby, boxing. Anything that involved smashing your head against something, that's what I did. So, mm. so I said to him, well, what do we do about that? He says, well, he says, you could invent a time machine and go back Ooh. and tell, <laughs> and tell your younger self not Ooh. to do all that. But anyway, as a side mm. thing. But no, I... I I never, when I had those, and I t- it turns out they're called auras is a technical term. They're a precursor to a seizure. It's mm. just not as many neurons are involved with the, with the misfiring. But um, I can tell you that the intensity of, the, of that, ex- of those uh, experiences and feelings, um, it would seem if you didn't, you know, if I was born 500 years ago and had those experiences, I could see where those could be interpreted both by myself and other people that you had some connection with something like there's some reason you had those. Um, mm. uh, but as far as a personal, like in a personal experience, I mean, when I had the bone marrow transplant, I had several, like I had liver failure. I had pneumonia at the same time. I had pericarditis, which is a swelling around the heart. I had there a bunch of medical problems with the going through the transplant process. Um, but I never had once what I would call a, um, you know, none of that experience, even I, I didn't even think of, of anything divine with what I was going through. I mean, Interesting. Um, I've just never, I just never had that experience. I, I don't want to make something up, but I've never had that experience where something's happened to me where I go, oh my, is that, could that be something? No, I've never had that. What, one quick thing before we move on. Um, if you could either say one coincidence, a big coincidence, the biggest coincidence, and two, can you explain the opposite of the deja vu? What did you call that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've had a coincidence where like I was walking with my nephew and uh, um, he misheard the traffic lights because in Canada, I don't know what it's like down in the States or in Korea, but when you, for blind people, when you walk up to an intersection, the crosswalk, when it goes for the one direction, it makes a different tone than if it's oh, going wow. for the cross direction. 
so that wow. if you're blind wow. and you hit the crosswalk, it allows a blind person to figure out, you know, which set of lights have changed. Wow. So as soon wow. as we got to the crosswalk, uh, two buttons were pushed wow. at the same time, one for our direction, one for another direction. And as soon as the light changed for the other direction to go, this lady behind me asked a question about the dog that I was walking. So I turned around and answered a question. My nephew heard ding, ding. He didn't differentiate between which way. He didn't look at the lights. He just started walking out of traffic. So he, him, and him, him and the dog he was walking, they both almost got hit by a truck. Wow. Um, now that's, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how you measure almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the right kind of story you're looking for, Isaiah. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, Thank you. Uh, okay. And as to the, yeah, the, I had a couple of experiences that were called jamais vu, which is the jamais opposite. Of, yeah, it's the opposite of deja vu. And the only thing I could relate it to is. Uh, older people with dementia or Alzheimer's it's where all of a sudden everything is unfamiliar the place you're in even though part uh, of your part of your brain is like yeah, I know I'm in a place I know uh, but most of your brain is like I have no idea where this is and all these people that look really really familiar around me I don't know who they are wow and, that, and I had two of those instances up at work in northern Canada oh that's scary and, uh, Oh my well, and God. The, the deja vu, the, 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 the deja vu where uh, everything was familiar. Those, those little episodes lasted like 30, 40 seconds. The, these two incidents I had with this jamais vu lasted about 10 minutes each. Wow. So wow. that was, wow. That was, uh, and I can see why you, uh, Alzheimer's patients get agitated because I think, well, I don't know if it's similar to that, but it's part of your brain knows this is all familiar. But then you know, most of your brain's like, uh, I don't know who anybody is. I don't know what, what I'm doing here. <laughs> I don't even know how I got here. I was party to this, but I was too young to really have been part of the experience. Um, I was born with a heart condition uh, wow. and it required a surgery uh, that was wow. experimental at the time. Wow. And my mother is a very devout woman and... Um, you know, she was in the waiting area while they were doing surgery on me. And she uh, has always been convinced that while she was in the waiting area, that she saw angels and demons fighting over people's heads. You know, the other people in the waiting area where she was uh, fighting, I guess she assumed over the uh, fates of those who were, you know, in surgery or something. Uh, she... Uh, has always had these kinds of, I guess you could say, vision-like experiences. Uh, She doesn't speak much of them, but they have always been part of her life. And she has always assumed that these came from God. Wow. So would you, would you attribute that to like either wish fulfillment or maybe some kind of uh, temporal lobe epilepsy as whatever we call it? Um, That, that, that particular specific incident, I would say is more likely the result of exhaustion than anything else. Uh, You know, worried mother up late, not sleeping, you know, in a high stress situation, pulling on cultural touchstones for some form of comfort or to explain her current state. Uh, I once, uh, as an experiment in college, went about five days without sleep just to see what that was like. Wow. Yeah. And, um, by the end of it, I was uh, hallucinating. So you were uh, really sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of trippy, but it's not something I would do again. <laughs> I think but it was I an did interesting one time experiment. Yeah, I think I did that three times, uh, three days. Uh, I didn't make it five, but I remember starting to lose like control of hearing either either sounds or flashes mm-hmm. that were intense, mm-hmm. and just kind of like 
not being able to fully uh, grapple with everything that was in front of me. So when I was in college, I was I was delivered mail, and I was so I was a mailman for our students, right? And so I had everyone's numbers uh, memorized, right? So it's funny because <laughs> I'd meet someone and they'd be, I'd be like, oh yeah, what's your name? And I'd be like, uh, we'd introduce ourselves, and I'm like, I'd be like five five six. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you know that? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the mailman, right? Anyway, so one day um, I, I'm I'm putting the mail into people's things, and one of them falls out of my hand, right? And somehow or another, I, I couldn't explain the physics of this, but it fell and it, and it went into a mailbox. I mean, imagine how difficult it would be to drop one letter and have it go into a mailbox, right? Mm -hmm. But dude, it was the lady. I'll st I still remember her number too. A two two Brenda Ballamy. It somehow went into her, and that has zero relevance for anything in the world. But I don't know how. I would never be able to explain that one. I would have never imagined. Let me start this. I would have never have imagined how important it would be to define terms. Um, because when I started to even mention some of these things online or respond to some stuff. I could not believe the wide range of uh, word usage, you know, word usage that someone would use to say that uh, the supernatural exists. So for example, uh, one of the guys I was talking to, he says, well, uh, the natural or the supernatural, anything that would happen in the natural universe would be natural. Therefore the supernatural if the supernatural did exist, it just would be natural. And I was like, wow, with that, with that line of reasoning, you could never lose an argument. Because even if God, I said, so if God just came down and started speaking to you, like that would be a, a natural event. He's like, yeah, well, you won the argument already. You know, there's no way you could reason around that one. So I guess before we even start off, we need to def clearly define the terms that we're using. So Robert, how would you define a supernatural? That's the topic of today. Okay, so I think the importance of defining these things comes from the person who's asserting them. So I generally leave the definition of the supernatural to the one who says it exists. Okay. Uh, I've actually used that position almost verbatim that you were just talking about, is that if the supernatural is part of reality, then it would, by definition, be natural. It would be an element of the natural we might not know much about, but it would be part of the natural you know, universe in which we exist. So, but if I had to boil it down to one single word, uh, it would come down to a definition for, or uh, another word for magic. Magic, okay. Uh, what about you, Sid? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of run into the same problem. Uh, the, the, sometimes it's accidental. Lots of times people will start, you know, they use equivocation fallacy where they'll start twisting the meaning of a word right, in an right. argument to to kind of fit their narrative so yeah I, I find that a lot online um i'm i'm perfectly happy um like robert was saying i'm perfectly happy if someone is arguing for a position like a god or the supernatural i let them define what they're talking about because i can't i mean if you say the word god you could have a million different people with a million right, different right, ideas right, of what that right. word means mm -hmm. and there's lots mm -hmm. of assumptions that when you say that oh we're talking about the Judeo-Christian God, well, that may not necessarily be true, or it could be true, but the person you're talking to may have all kinds of attributes for that that have nothing to do with 
what are typically Judeo-Christian attributes of what God is. So uh, I, I'm a big fan of the, you know, being, being Canadian and the Queen's English and all, I'm a big fan of the Oxford Dictionary. I mean, it is, it is the, the, the base dictionary for everybody else. No offense to Webster. Hey, come on, man. I was going to say we're American <laughs> here. How are you going to play that card with us? So uh, I kind of like their definition. It just says uh, of a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. When I think of that, I think of things that used to be supernatural because we didn't have an explanation for them. So, for example, if you went back a certain amount of time in human history, we had no real explanation for lightning. Right. So, you know, right. like the Norseman, Norseman would say, well, that's Thor hammering, you know, hitting his hammer and that's the, the discharge from his hammer. Okay. So after a, amount of, a certain amount of time, um, that changed because now we under, we gain knowledge about how static electricity is conducted in the atmosphere and how it discharges. And so we, we went from a supernatural explanation for lightning to a, to a natural explanation, sorry, to a natural explanation, uh, explanation for lightning. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can understand, Isaiah, when you say, well, if somebody says once, because I, I kind of lean more towards uh, Robert's position, because once something manifests and you can measure it in the universe. So if, 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 uh, okay, I get if, that. if a I God, get that. if a God came down and, and said, okay, I'm God, and here's all my powers. And even if his powers were beyond our understanding of what he could do, he could read everybody's mind, he could uh, raise the dead. He could do all these miraculous things or supernatural things. Um, <laughs> you you of, mean natural oh, things? Well, natural. Okay. Well, to us, they'd be supernatural. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. Like yeah. as Robert said, magical. Well, I mean, I, I forget which science fiction writer wrote, but you know, technology to a certain level to somebody that's not at that level will sure. appear magic. Sure. You know. Sure. You know, uh, you know, uh, a gun to a caveman would be magical because you pull the trigger and all of a sudden the animal's dead and you didn't right. see anything. You heard a big bang, right. you didn't see anything happen. Down goes the animal, right? So, right. Um, yeah, um, I mean, but if God does do that, if he appears or a God appears and has all these powers and, and proclaims that, um, I, I don't know how he all of us or it all of a sudden isn't part of nature. Now, it could... You could have a you could have a scenario where something manifests in the natural world and is beyond the natural world because we have evidence or not evidence but there's certain theories in physics as to do how many how many dimensions are there right you know right. there is there three right. four or a dozen like some string right. you know I'm not a physicist I can't go into that but I know that there are some physicists that based on their mathematical formulations have come up with this idea of a a multiverse or a, a multi-dimensional existence that we're only right. a slim part of and we only have a, a base understanding but all we can <laughs> all we can do is try to understand the universe we live in uh first of all um we're americans so we're going to go by the american definition there Sid. i see no, all right north american <laughs> okay the freedom definitions. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you are North. Uh, you are North Americans. So I, I got it really. Uh, the USA, right? Canadian yeah. or North American, right? Okay. So, how about this one? Of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. Okay, that's interesting. Especially of or relating to God or a God, demigod, spirit, or devil. Okay. So these are all, I think we're at a very good start here. We're, we're, we made some leeway and we can start to say that, look, um, suppose, okay, suppose either of you 
um, suppose either of you were to see me do some magic, genuine, not like sleight of hand, not anything like that. Okay, so suppose I did. And suppose, again, this is totally hypothetical situation here. Suppose I was, I was harnessing the power of my mind to do so, okay? And obviously that's going to be magic to you, but according to your definition, if I was able to do it by some means that you just didn't know about it, right? That would be, uh, even if it was magic, then it would be, uh, by your definition, um, natural, correct? Correct? Yeah, like if you okay. became Professor X beyond the hairstyle. Um, uh, yeah. Hey, Rob, you don't have Professor much hair. X. Robert, you don't have much hair yourself, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, stick with it, man. The bald look rocks. All right. So Professor X has powers, but he's not considered to be magical. He just has a natural aspect to himself, oh. which is distinct from other living things. Be uh, because X-Men describes his evolution, right? Those are genetic mutations. Okay, right. he's, okay. Yeah, he's just got a mutation. Okay, that is okay. So. I got it. I got it. All right. So that being said, we'll, we'll try to take this as far as we can with, um, well, you know, let's just, let's just start this. Let's just get right into the meat and taters of this. There's a lot of people who make uh, claims about the supernatural uh, things right now, uh, such as psychics. We actually had a psychic uh, on the RHE podcast, but... Do you believe that, um, let's start with you, Robert, do you believe that that's done via um, either cold readings or, you know, um, quackery or things like that? Do you, do, do you, do, or do you think they actually believe the things um, that they are practicing? Oh, what's your opinion on that? Uh, you know, I think there's a combination of both things. I think there are definitely those who go in knowing that they're frauds and then i think uh -huh. the one there are others who genuinely believe that when they're reading cards they're telling the future and things like that uh, maybe the one who goes in as a fraud might convince themselves that they actually have some sort of special power uh, suppose any of those things can happen so okay that okay so it's kind of like a wish fulfillment that's interesting um i want to show you <coughs> A quick story uh, in South Korea. Mm -hmm. I was hosting this Chinese woman at my house because uh, I'm, I'm involved with this website, called, or I was before having a child, but it's called Couchsurfing. And you host people from all over the world. They come stay with you a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then later on, when I went traveling, I'd go and stay with these people, right? So it's a really good trade-off. So anyway, I hosted this girl from China and, and I'm an atheist at the time. So she's like, uh, yeah, can I read your palm? And I'm like, like, think it's ridiculous, beyond ridiculous. But I'm like, okay, sure, here. So I gave her my palm. And mind you, she's a guest in my house. She has absolutely, absolutely no reason. Um, she has no reason to say what she's about to say. If she were to say positive things, that would make sense, right? It would make sense you want to appease the person uh, who you're staying with uh, because you're a guest in the house, right? She doesn't know anything about me. This is her first time meeting Call this a cold reading or whatever. Maybe she's picking up, you know, energy, subtle ticks in me. I don't know. But she took my hand and she went on about seven different things that were 100% accurate about me, not one of which was positive. And after the seventh time, I was like, okay, I almost wanted to kick her out of my house, honestly. She didn't have anything positive to say about me. And I was like, I don't know what the heck you did. I, I, would, I would naturally think you got some kind of information. I don't know if she looked at my facebook or something but i was like uh 
it freaks me out, man. Um, what is your what is your thoughts about that, uh, Sid? About what Robert just said uh, about maybe there's quackery or some kind of cold reading going on. Do you think that's possible? Oh, I, I, I for sure. I think there's uh, you know, there's lots of frauds um, in that kind of business. I mean, there was the uh, oh, Israeli fella, Yuri Geller from the 70s. Yeah, and, and he was he he claimed he could move pencils, he could move objects with his mind, and and uh, they brought him on the Johnny Carson show, and they had uh, well, what was that? What was the oh that Robert, name that, Robert? No, 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 uh, Randy, 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 the great Randy, right? Uh, whatever his name is, Randy, whatever. Um, James yeah, Randy, he, James Randy, yeah, okay, sorry, okay. he's a uh, he's a magician, professional yeah, magician, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he told <laughs> he told Carson how to set up. <laughs> the test for this pencil mover or moving pages and what they did is they put a piece of plexiglass over top of the phone book so that the pages couldn't move by the by yuri breathing on them so he got all frustrated and said the vibe wasn't right and you know i i think people like that are, are basically con artists okay um now there's other people that like i had a landlady that when i lived on vancouver island and um she was into spiritualism whatever um she wanted to read uh, do a card read tarot cards with me uh-huh oh like, okay so we sat in it you know i thought well, well you know better than tv better than watching reruns right so, so we sit down and she's got the card going and she's sincerely into this like she's reading cards and and this that and the other stuff and and uh some of the stuff she said about me was um you know uh, i think was a lot of those people not that i've done it at the time but i think a lot of those people can keep things kind of vague and they can and they respond to your visual cues there's a lot of body language stuff going on you're shifting are you defensive are you mm, uh, you know mm, mm-hmm. so i think she's unconsciously i don't think she's consciously doing it but i just think unconsciously because when okay so some of the things she said were right in a sense like they were you know some of those things apply to me some of those things didn't but at the end of it when we got all done i told her i said well uh, next week i'm going to be uh, across the other side of the island doing some work i said could we do this over the phone and she says, no, it doesn't work that way. Wow. Wow. So I think wow. with the same thing with your palm, la- palm reading lady, I, I bet you anything, if you would have said to her, well, if I sent you a photograph of my hand, could you read my palm, could you read my palm over the internet and come back and get back to me? I bet huh. you anything, huh. I bet you anything she'd huh. say no, because she'd say, no, I have to look at your hand. I'd have to actually physically hold your hand and look at it. But I think that's an unconscious oh. thing that they need to look at this feedback from you. Because she just said, no, the card, card reading doesn't work over the phone. I said, oh, okay. That's really, I mean, again, this podcast, I would never even think about like something that you just said right now. So that's why I love interacting with people because this gives me a totally, totally, I'll say it again. I thought about changing this to a called like a parallax switch where scientists um, take a picture of a star and then six months later, they take a picture of the same star uh, on the other side of the sun and they, they see the shift that happens like when you close your eyes from one mm-hmm. spot you know, yep. and they're able to somehow use trigonometry to see the shift and uh, figure out how far the star away is. But right. that is interesting. That is, I just say that that's interesting. First of all, not exactly all Christians uh, believe in the supernatural or in demons. Um, I went to a Bible college, for example, that they just didn't believe in like signs of the spirit signs of the holy spirit and they didn't believe like in demons and so i grew up pentecostal where they talked about demons and speaking in tongues and miracles like every other uh every other service so it was a little strange going from that 
to where they didn't, where they, they didn't talk about things like that, right? They thought that people like mm-hmm. that were quacks. So it was, a, it was a bit of a culture shock that um, I was in such a, di- and, and top it off, it was in the Midwest, right? So I went to school, I was mm-hmm. from California, but I went to school in Missouri. So there's a lot of culture shock I experienced there. But my opinion is that it, it wouldn't matter if you read a crystal ball or a hand or a um, whatever it is. Like, I do believe in extra dimensional beings that inhabit the earth. Maybe they're sitting right next to us right now, honestly. Um, the, the, the crown would describe him as being Jinn, and they're like basically just like this, you know, they're basically just like kind of like people, but you, you can't see them. But uh, so it wouldn't matter how, whatever, whatever you were using to try to communicate with whatever these beings. If you were able to do so, and I'm not saying everyone does because there's obviously quacks who just want to make money, right? There's obviously people who will feed on people, people's fears or people's insecurities just to make money. And, and Christians do that as well, if we're being honest. But it wouldn't, so it doesn't matter if you read a palm or, or tarot cards. If you're able to tap into those, if it's chicken and tails or whatever, tea leaves, then they're going to be able to give you information that, um, you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. So if you were to regurgitate that information back to somebody else, uh, let's say for example, my mom's name is Susan, it would seem like, whoa, you just somehow, or, you know, if you read my pin number, if you knew my pin number or something like that, uh, obviously there's ways you could get that information, but they would, it, it would appear that way. Let's just say if they know or have other information, um, it would appear that way, you know? Anyway, do you guys know Matt Dillahante? Uh, yep. Yeah. So, so I just watched. Well, I don't uh, know him, but <laughs> I've seen him. Yes, actually, his his just show is is the epitome of what I try to um, the opposite of what I tried to do with with RHE podcast. I mean, he flat out tells people to shut the f up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I would, I kindly ask people not to interrupt, but I would never tell someone to shut the f up or anything like that. So, um. But anyway, he said that his mom has seen uh, demons. And he said his mom has seen demons, uh, I guess, similar to your mom. And I think whenever you have your own mom, like, it's pretty hard to say this person's crazy, right? I don't know. Maybe you do think your mom's crazy. But um, what are what do you think are some possible explanations when people do see demons or angels? Um, we've kind of thrown some stuff out already. But um, do you have any other explanations, uh, Robert? Uh, well, you know, I think it has to do with simple mental states. I mean, we know uh, enough about the brain to know that our senses and our experience cannot always be relied upon. Mm-hmm. And there have been cultures that manipulated this intentionally in order to induce these kinds of states to where we hallucinate. I mean, the very fact that the word hallucination exists tells you that we can't always trust even what we see. So I think it has to do with, uh, you know, brain states themselves. It could be tumors. It could be, uh, you know, a chemical imbalance. I'm not a neurologist. That would be, you know, more in line with what you want to talk to there. But I do think it's explicable through a greater understanding of the brain. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, What about you, Sid? 
you're probably going to say the same thing too, right? No, no. Well, I mean, I would agree. With, I would agree with most of what 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 Robert said. Uh, one of the things I would say is is there is some um, cultural um, bias in what people experience when they experience something like that. Like, for instance, in the Middle Ages, uh, people would have experiences of of witchcraft or or having evil eye put on them and or seeing angels and demons. Uh, you do a cultural shift in some time period from the middle ages to now, well, all of a sudden people are maybe seeing aliens or they're seeing, you know, whereas one point in time, because of their culture, cultural background, they would have saw uh, an angel or a demon. Now maybe they're seeing aliens. You know, that's one possible explanation for it. From my own personal experience, both with um, the temporal lobe epilepsy and some uh, fun in college, uh, I know you can, <laughs> you can nice. alter your, you can alter your, your perceptions of lots of things. I mean, there, uh, lo- uh, lots of, uh, uh, of uh, native tribes use uh, everything, uh, peyote, uh, magic mushrooms, uh, you name it. They, they've used them in ceremonies to, uh, like Robert was saying, induce this state of, of hallucination so they can have this, this spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny any of that. I mean, I, I've had some trippy experiences with that. I wouldn't at all call them spiritual. Uh, but, and like I say, with, with uh, you, the brain's a funny thing, you, you damage your brain a little bit like I did. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it'll do weird things to you that, that well of course every experience you have in life is subjective because it's your senses feeding information to your brain so if you alter that somehow your brain it's it's very hard for your brain to tell the difference between (laughs) you know what is actually objectively Uh real or what you're experiencing you could be Uh experienced because people have auditory i've had auditory hallucinations i've had that thing where they i forget what they call it but when you first wake up sometimes you feel like you're trapped you like you can't Oh, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Right, sleep paralysis. I've experienced that. That's some that. scary it, junk, Yeah, man. It, it, it is. Like, if you're, you're kind of there and you're, like, you're kind of not you sure can't if get you're up. awake you or not, but up. you can't yeah. get up, you can't move. Yeah. So I've had those experiences. So your, your brain can trick you lots of different ways. But that, okay. doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean the person experiencing it doesn't experience something. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's it's in- their brain, right? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I really appreciate the fact that Robert has says he believes that uh, – I believe that I experienced God, but he doesn't believe that I actually did experience God. That's that's an interesting. I mean, you know, some people just say I'm just actually my family just say like, oh, you're just making this up. You know what I mean? Um, I think for me, it's like, like really, you think I'm gonna make something up that like, uh, like it's gonna make me sound crazy like this? You know, like I tell people about my back, my past life before I was a Christian, the way I behaved, the kind of foolish behavior i did and i'm like some 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 people just don't believe like that's the the things that i've done and i'm like you really think i would make something up like this that shows me in this bad of light like like really what is the purpose what kind of sense does this make i could understand if i was making stuff up where i was like yeah i did all of this great stuff like uh because sometimes i do tell people you know i've been overseas I, i traveled all these countries and people think I'm lying about it. You know, I've had people call me a liar. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, that actually makes sense. If you think that I'm lying and bragging about the positive stuff. But I'm telling you about, like, some of the deepest, darkest skeletons in my life that's not comfortable to talk about, you know. There, there's no way I would want to make something up like this. Let's just say that. It, it, it takes a lot of courage to expose some of these, these sides of myself from the past that it's a lot more convenient to hide it. But even to talk about 
yeah, you know, I have experienced some evil, evil, evil stuff in this universe, man. Absolutely. Um, I think in this podcast, Robert, uh, with Robert and Sid, is the only time that I've ever actually entertained maybe what I experienced was just a total natural hallucination. You know, I, I think Sid for that because your experience that you're talking about has made me at least entertain that. I don't think that, I don't think that that's true because um, a lot of the things that I had experienced got confirmed externally from what I was experiencing uh, in my mind. So that, in that sense, I, I don't think that that's a, a reasonable um, explanation. Let's just say that. If it all happened in my mind, totally, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Call, call BS, totally. But I've had so many things happen outside that if either immediately after um, or very close after that confirmed it, that went along with that. So that's, that, that's my own personal experience. But if, if, you, if you or no one else is convinced by that, I totally get it because my own family... Um, thought I, I didn't believe all this stuff about th th my experiences, you know? So uh, I want to ask you guys both another question. You guys might easily be able to answer this one already, but why has it been that every culture in history hasn't had an idea of supernatural and or other world visitors, including angels and demons? Because it seems like every culture, I mean, get it, go back into the Aztecs, go back into the Mayans, go back into the uh, ancient Greek uh, mythology and, uh, you know, the, uh, the Egyptian mythology. You have like this pantheon of, of, of gods that are good and gods that are bad. So what does that say about humans if everybody is, 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 is not just like 90%, I'm saying like 100% of, of, of cultures have thought that these things are all real. So what does that say about humanity or what is an explanation? Uh, start off with Sid. Both of you guys answer that, please. Uh, sure. Um, I mean, I, th that wouldn't be surprising that that humans have had that experience. If you think about, now, depends what you believe. If you believe that, uh, you know, and I do, the theory of evolution is true and we evolved. Um, if you think back to our ancestors out in the savannah in Africa and you hear a branch break, um, you're going to, you're going to immediately think agency because that's a survival mechanism, right? Branch breaks, you respond like it's a predator. If you're wrong, that's no big deal. If you don't respond, you think, oh, well, you know, the wind just blew a uh, branch out of the tree and it broke. If you don't respond and it was a predator, then you could die and you get weeded out. So, you know, dogs have agency. Dogs believe in agency. They hear something break in the bush. They start barking. Because they don't think they don't think the branch broke itself. They think something broke the branch, right? So, if that's natural in the animal world, and we evolved out of the animal world, it's going to be natural that human beings, as we evolved, developed this agency and then expanded it because we have creative brains. So it's not just agency that oh, a branch broke. Maybe that's a predator. Now it's agency that oh, you know, the crops didn't grow right this year. Maybe we didn't sacrifice the right people to make the the crop god happy or or, uh, or we had drought, the rain god must be appeased because the rain god didn't deliver the rain like he usually does. Mm. So I, mm. I think there's been a natural progression. And that was going to be my, one of my critiques of Justin's book because he talks about that. And all these cultures have had all these experiences with the supernatural and gods uh -huh. and such. Well, why wouldn't we? 
you know, why would, if you don't, if you don't understand how the weather works, if you don't understand how, how, uh, uh, disease oh, works, if you don't uh -huh, understand how disease uh -huh, works, of course, uh -huh. of course it was your neighbor's wife gave you the evil eye and your kid got sick uh -huh. because, because something must've happened. It was, it, it's not natural. It's there's some, some agency that happened to make that kid sick. So I, I, I'm not surprised that almost every culture has had some level of supernatural it, it, or believe in a supernatural intercedence in events because, you know, for a long time, we didn't know a lot about how the world worked. And of course, it's natural just to say, well, something caused it. Somebody caused that. Mm. Hey, Rob, I, I want to let you answer that next, Rob. Um, I do want to say this. So I went down into Haiti after the earthquake and I was doing some volunteer work there with the rebuilding process. But I was, I wrote a book about, the, about my experience in the history of, of Haiti. And one of the guys I was talking to, we were talking about uh, slavery and such. And he told me this, that um, if a, if a slave master would like beat the slave, they would get a doll and they would either, they would like, they would like hang it on the door. They would hang it on the door as like a signal to the the person, like the, the, the house, the house slave. Okay. So the house slave might do something like poison their food and they might get sick. And the master would see the doll and they would make this assumption that they were like picking it with needles or something like that. You know, you, you've all seen the voodoo dolls, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that would be an example where uh, there was a natural uh, explanation. And again, as you said, as you just said right now, I said, that's a really good uh, possible explanation where you see something like that and you make the connection there. But the reality is, is that someone's just doing something right. Uh, wh what about you, Robert? Uh, I don't necessarily think that every single culture has a, religion, gods, etc. I recall reading some years ago about a people, I want to say they were called the Paraha, sounds kind of like Parana, but and I might be pronouncing it wrong, Paraha. but they're a, a small culture, uh, but they have never had any kind of belief in the afterlife hmm. or anything like that that anybody's ever heard of. Uh, I mean, I suppose they could have one and they're just keeping it secret from outsiders, but uh, that's a, a step I'm not really willing to take, but it's but I think it's 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 telling that most do. Uh, I think that Sid here has covered the meat and potatoes of it as far as, well, we tell stories. We are natural seekers of patterns and agency as a survival mechanism. I think he's right about that. I would go a step further and say that because we are also natural storytellers and because mm. we look for a sense of control, uh, uh, not only just over each other, but over an environment that is sometimes too big for us to manage. Otherwise, it's comforting oh. to have this kind of, uh -huh. oh, I can influence that mountain to not blow up. Uh, I can uh, keep the ground from shaking if I do this. Whereas if you don't have those rituals or those ideas, then the world seems to be a more frightening place. So it offers a sense of uh, freedom from fears, whether it be of death or a simple lack of control. And it makes these things very, very appealing uh, to the point where it's actually uh, a very common thing, an approach from, uh, for converting people to try to find a, a question that a person doesn't have an answer to because we're naturally uncomfortable with mystery 
well, you don't have an answer, so here's an answer. Uh, it fills that hole. Doesn't Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, that is interesting. The black atheist guy um, I talked to, that's his name, black atheist. And I said, I think I'm going to change my name to Mexican Christian. What do you think? Brown, or brown Christian. So, uh, <laughs> but I asked him, I said, uh, you know, why, why are you so upfront to have your name out there like that? Um, and he said that he was, because there weren't a lot of uh, black atheists, he says he was kind of like speaking out for them and kind of like trying to draw them in say like hey i'm one of you and so i said like why do you why, what's your explanation on why most probably 99 percent of black people are uh uh either christians or believers in something and he says well considering all the mistreatment that uh, blacks and minorities uh, have gotten that was like a source of comfort for them right either believing in afterlife or believing jesus or whatever and so he says uh, it actually makes sense that they would uh you know, that they would look to that for comfort. So I thought that was a really interesting analysis that he gave. Um, next question. Um, do either of you either believe in one, uh, UFOs, extraterrestrials, flying, uh, flying saucers? And I guess just to ask that question, because obviously I guess if, even if you did, it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't, wouldn't be supernatural because you would just believe that it evolved from another uh, planet and somehow was able Gross. to cross, right? Uh, Robert? Uh, I don't believe that any unidentified extraterrestrial designed crafts have ever visited Earth before. Is it possible? Technically, maybe. Uh, is it probable? No. I mean, I could posit scenarios where that might make it more probable, but I have no reason to believe it. Sure. Could they exist elsewhere in the universe? Yeah, I actually think it's very likely. Uh, the universe has had a minimum of, it has a minimum of about 2 trillion galaxies. Each one of these galaxies has 10 to 100 billion solar systems. And for this planet, it took only about 500 million years before we see the first evidence of life in the form of you know, our, the trace fossils that we have. That means that under the right conditions, it's probably not that hard for life to form. If it happened once, it could happen many times over. Whether any of that life has ever overlapped in time with us is another question. It could have arisen, created some bizarro civilizations and then destroyed themselves before we showed up on the scene. Basically, the same reason you can't have a, a, a conversation with Socrates is, uh, you know, because he died before your time, is the same reason it's very unlikely that even if life emerged and it was within a reasonable travel distance of us, that we would actually encounter it. Interesting. That's a very interesting take. Uh, what about you, Sid? I'd agree with that. I mean, the only thing I might add to that is to say, I, I can't remember who presented this analogy, but somebody said, you know, if you think of the universe like a Christmas tree, okay, and the chances of life are, are each, or a civilization that exists. Now, for life for us to detect, it has to be sufficiently advanced that they have, they can alter their world, they can send signals out, they can, mm. you know, do a bunch of stuff that we've basically done. 
like we've broadcast TV signals out into space, radios, programs, all that information is traveling as we speak further and further out. Somebody might pick it up. But uh, the analogy this person uses is if you have a Christmas tree with a bunch of light bulbs and each light bulb is a civilization, well, if all the civilizations exist at the same time, which what Robert says, a tree lights up. But if, the, if, if those bulbs are now spaced by time, so for example, like say the ancient Greeks arose and collapsed before I was around. Now we have record evidence of them, but I don't, ha I can't have any contact with Socrates or any of those guys right. because they're all long dead. But if you want to look out in the universe and we're the only bulb that's lit at the time, but if you time-lapse that tree, every bulb would light up and burn out individually over the space of eons. And each bulb would never know any of the other bulbs existed. So, it, it, I mean, and I would say, yeah, the odds are actually fairly decent that we're not the only life in the universe. I, I you know, just, just on a reasonable look at, at, like you say, the number of planets, how many planets have liquid water, you know, blah, blah, blah. if you look at that potential pool of, of places where life like ours could evolve, and who knows, maybe there's life that's not like us at all. You know, mm -hmm. it may not, it may not be, it may not be carbon based, it may be silica based and totally weird to what we expect right but regardless right. uh yeah. do i think do i think aliens have come and visited us here uh I, i'm highly skeptical of that i just don't see enough evidence that that would be true and it you know you think if a civilization was going to make contact with us they'd make contact it wouldn't be picking up cows in iowa or or uh <laughs> you know landing in siberia and and you know they would fly to new york city or you know a big center and make contact so they probably come yeah, to Seoul. there you go uh, the other, the only other thing I'd want to add to that is maybe we wouldn't want contact with them because one, uh, one biologist said on earth, most of the intelligent species are predatory. Mm, now, mm. if you extend that out into the universe, mm -hmm. if that's, if, if evolution exists on our planet, why wouldn't it exist on other planets? Mm, then maybe mm. we don't want to be contacting civilizations because they might be mm -hmm. predatory species off their planet. That may not be a good thing for us. By the way, I like your Christmas tree analogy. The universe Christmas tree because Jesus created it. That's why. Mm. All well, right. Careful now. The pagans actually created the tree Christmas tree idea. It wasn't the Touché. wasn't the Christians. <laughs> Touche. Okay. Um. Okay. We got like two more questions. Actually, okay. Let me ask you. Um. You guys. Um. You guys go ahead and you guys can ask me some questions now. Um. Well, Robert, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Oh, after you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, gentlemen, this is so much, so much respect going around. Yeah, there you go. Um, this is a question I've asked on Facebook a couple different sure. places, and, and I get different answers, and I don't get, um, I get, I, I get some scorn from this question, but I don't mean this question um, disrespectfully. But mm -hmm. how would someone different, differentiate the supernatural from the non-existent? If it doesn't, like, I, I believe previous in the conversation, you talked about, uh, uh, you know, extra dimensional beings being out there. Well, they could be, but how would I distinguish them from the non-existent if I could ever communicate? If they're on some eighth dimension and I'm not, how could I ever distinguish those things from something that doesn't exist? Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I can tell you that um, I have, okay, so. I don't know about you, but I will say this: people like Roberts, Roberts' mom or Matt Dillahunty's mom. I've known multiple other people who have experienced; they have actually seen um, these demons. I haven't, 
So in that sense, I don't really know because I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think you could sit down and have some kind of seance and um, conjure them. I don't know. I it, you, it may be the case that, that you might be able to do that. I honestly don't know. I don't think that you could, that we could do a Ouija board or uh, I think the Ouija board more often that people are moving it themselves, you know, so um, I'm not sure if you could contact them. Um, I will say this, that as a Christian, we believe in spiritual warfare. So we believe that prayer actually is spiritual warfare. And so whenever you start to uh, pray and fast and you guys might have a different, uh, kind of an evolutionary thought about fasting but uh, whenever you go start fasting whenever you fast and pray for extended periods of time really start to focus your spirituality your mind i've seen it like you'll um it's very god's a lot more prone to talk to you in that time again you might say because maybe you're dehydrated or or whatever but um the bible does say that we we can influence whatever's going on in, in, in some way with our prayers so um the, the, the times that I've had, but like this, the times that I've had experiences like with, with God and the demons, it's not like there's anything I'm doing, though, that's like I'm trying to get anything. You know, it's just kind of just happens sometimes. So I have heard from God, but it's not like he, I just wake up today and he just talks to me or like he talked to me yesterday. Yeah. It's like I ha he talked to me. I tell people this is this is positively true uh, that he spoke to me like six times. In five months, and then I didn't hear from him for five years until I got on the mission field in South Korea. So I don't know if there's some kind of formula or whatever. Um, I'm a little bit kind of like, I don't, I guess I can't maybe fully answer that. That's a little bit of word salad, but I can't fully answer that question. I definitely know there exists, but I don't, I don't know if there's a formula how to contact them. You know, I, I really don't. Okay. Sorry. Oh, fair, uh, fair, I, fair I, enough. I do, I do uh, apologize. I do apologize no. for that kind of. It is kind of a non-answer. No, that, that, that's fine. It's it's lots of times. Do. Lots of times. There's. I mean, I think Robert mentioned earlier about how people are uncomfortable with. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm perfectly comfortable saying I don't know something. Yeah. I know. I don't know lots of things. <laughs> you know, I know. Yeah. I know way less than what I don't know. So. Yeah, if, if somebody has an answer that turns into an I don't know, I'm perfectly fine with that answer. I'm not going to badger anybody if they don't know because I don't know lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rob? Uh, okay, so first question I'd like to ask, if you don't mind, is uh, what would prove to you that there was no supernatural? I don't, I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's provable. Um I guess I guess if your proof would be is if you just defined it as anything that happens is going to be um, explainable by some kind of, of natural um, explanation. So if you say that, then it doesn't matter if I if I've heard from God. It doesn't matter if um, God has materialized things in front of me, which I've experienced, where something wasn't there and God spoke to me and then it was there. So I've experienced that. Now, if you want to say. Uh, someone has theoretically snuck into my room and put it into there uh could some alien had some kind of um like teleported it something like that absolutely when i when i think about the scenarios that could have possibly happened i get it okay i'll give you one example i'll give you one example where i wrote this off as um possibly possibly somewhat of a supernatural experience but i didn't want to admit it so i kind of just like wrote it off the equation okay 
So I dropped out of Bible college. I went back to visit my roommate in, in Oregon. So I dropped out, became an atheist, and, and I shook his new roommate's hand. And when I shook his new roommate's hand, the dude froze up like he just saw a ghost. And he's like, uh, and I'm like, dude, what, like, are you all right? And he's like, dude, you're not going to believe it. I'm the guy who was freaking out. And that freaked me out because I clearly saw this guy was uh, disturbed. And he said, um, I, he said, this has never happened to me before. He says, but when I shook your hand, God spoke to me and he told me to tell you that you are running away from him and um, that it didn't matter where you ran around the world, you weren't going to be able to outrun him. And I was like, oh, I said like, bull, you know what, in my mind. But then I started thinking about that. And I was like, how does this guy know that about me? I'm like, I'm like, did my dad call my roommate and tell, like, I was trying to, I was trying to use logic to ration this away. And I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. Cause this guy was really freaked out. He was like, like, you know, mm. like totally freaked out. So, um, so that being said, um, I said, well, okay, maybe that's what happened. And, Shortly after that experience, I went back home and unfortunately my, my dad found a box of pornography in, in my room and he made me go to this like Christian, uh, yeah, there you go. It happened. I was 18 years old, man. Come on. I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm not I saying not don't judging. judge it, Rob. <laughs> All right. So, um, so he made me go to this Christian conference and, um, and so, okay. I want to tell you this whole story because this relates to me hearing from God. And, and, and if you hear this, you'll probably say that's just the biggest dang coincidence I've ever heard in my life. But, okay, I'm just going to throw this out. You listen to the story. So I go back and um, the guy who's speaking there, we're at this conference. And the guy's like, you, <laughs> like you. And I'm like, who, me? And he's like, yeah, you, come here. And I'm there, and I'm freaked out, man, you know. And he's like, he just starts telling me all this stuff. He says probably like seven things that are like, I'm freaked out. Like, I'm just shaking. And he's like, and I just dropped out of college, man. I had no money, like literally like zero money. And he's like, everybody give me $20 right now. And he's, he was one of those Southern Baptists. You know, they started, he started put, everyone started putting 20s in their hand. And he just like, boom. And I'm like, oh, like. And I go back and, and as I'm standing there, I'm like freaked out. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just, I mean, I don't know what to do, but we're taking the ride home with my dad. You know, it's a very awkward ride. And I was like, I was like, man, that's that crazy. And I was like, oh, I get it. My dad told this dude that he found that pornography and that I dropped out of Bible college. And then he just regurgitated it to me. I, I was looking for anything I could possibly say that would make me not have to believe in God. Okay. So flash forward, let's say that same guy. Okay. The same guy, maybe around um, 10 years later, let's say about 10 years later, I finally have an experience with Jesus Christ. This guy had not been at my dad's church for about six years. And he just happened to be in church the time that I was coming down after uh, I had experience with Jesus Christ and, and my family sat me down and said, you're getting into counseling. So they sat me down. They said, you're getting into counseling tomorrow. This is Sunday. So tomorrow morning, um, our, your brother's going to take you into counseling. And that guy is speaking there, right? 
And he tells me, um, he tells me, oh, you got to come to my church later on because my church is like an hour and a half. And this guy who's like way more prophetic than me is going to be there. And, um, you know, he's like, you got to see it. And so this guy has the most prophetic gift I've ever seen. And he's telling me this other guy is like the big shot, right? So so I, I told God today, I said, man, I believe you spoke to me. I'm positive of it. But now my family thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, if I don't hear from you by from today, I'm like, I just, I'm just, I don't want to say anything more. I'm like, I just want to step away from the faith. So I went, I'm sorry. I know, I'm sorry. This is, I know this is a long no, story. No. This is the end That's part. Fine. So I went to that. It's an hour and a half away. Again, this is the same day. This guy hasn't been there for seven years to my dad's church. He invites me there that night. This guy, again, I'm in the service. And he's like, you, come here. And I come up. And then he tells me like 20 things. And they recorded it for me. He tells me like 20 things that was going on to my, in my life, like spot on. In fact, he even repeated one of the things that Jesus Christ told me. So that I can say, okay, you would have to say that's a one in a trillion percent coincidence in an infinite universe. That's totally, I'll grant you, that's totally likely that something like that could happen. But um, that's something that is pretty hard. <laughs> when I've had that experience, Robert, you got to understand, it is not possible for me not to believe in God anymore. It's not possible, you know? So if that's the question you're asking me, I would say nothing. I've experienced Jesus Christ. So any argument you or Sid or any other atheist would make to me would be absolutely irrelevant um, as far as to say that a supernatural doesn't exist. Sorry for that long story. Sid, you got no, another not. question? Well, I, I just wanted to add something to that. Um, you know, uh, I get this a lot on, on, on Facebook as well when you're debating somebody. And I can't remember who said, I think it was Sam Harris, but I could be wrong. But um, he said that beliefs aren't voluntary. Hmm. So you, you, can't, you can't arbitrarily just out of the blue <laughs> believe something or not believe it, right? Beliefs require reasons to hold them. You know, when, when somebody says to me, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, for instance, you know, uh, do you think elephants can fly? And they say no. And I said, well, okay, now go ahead and believe it. Well, <laughs> your brain still tells you no elephants don't fly like they can't. You know, you can't, without a reason, unless you saw an elephant with wings and it was flying through the air and it looked like an elephant and it was a real animal, unless, unless a bunch of things had progressed where you could reasonably now say, yeah, now I do believe elephants can fly, but you can't just arbitrarily switch a belief on and off. Right. You know, because I've right. had people say to me, well, you, you don't believe in God because of X, Y, and Z. And I said, no, I don't believe in God because I don't have a reason to. Right. The, the, the God you're presenting to me, I have no reason to hold that belief. So, sure. Uh, sure. Which I never understood the threat when people threaten you with, with, with damnation for not believing. Well, I, I, know, have no I, I, think... I have no control over that. I can't control right. the beliefs I hold are, right. are, are because of reasons I've developed. Right. Not because I've just right. decided right out of the blue, I'm going to believe X. Right. I, I, need, I need a reason to believe X. That's the only thing I want to add to that. And Sid... I'm going to say this. I have, I'm kind of a different, unique kind of Christian because I say it is 100% on God to prove himself to you or to me or to anyone. So it does make no logical sense that God could, in my mind, that God could condemn someone for not believing in him yeah. when it's incumbent on him as a father. Like, I would not say, like, to my daughter, like, uh, I'm going to punish you if you don't believe in me. Like, it's my responsibility to take care of my daughter, you know? So yeah, I guess, I guess what I, yeah, I guess what I was saying, it was, I was trying to support your position that if you have a reason 
that you believe is true why you believe right right and i, I my my re my response to that would be well okay I, that's you know why would i why would i try to change like why would i say oh you're dumb for believing that you shouldn't believe that well you <laughs> you have reasons to believe that right and, and reasons are, and, and those reasons aren't arbitrary or the, sorry the beliefs aren't arbitrary Mm -hmm. it's not like you can turn a switch in your head and just say, well, now I believe now I don't now I believe now I don't, you, you know, that we're, I'm just saying it works both ways when people yeah. are, are sincere and say to me, well, I believe in God and, and this is, I've had this experience and this is why I believe it. Okay. Gr that's great. Uh, who am I right. <laughs> to tell you that belief's wrong? I mean, I'm, I'm not, that's not in me. It's not my position. So yeah. One, I really, really appreciate that too, Sid. I mean, I think you're a good guy. I would be, if we get to heaven and, you know, I, I would be an advocate for you guys and saying, like, like, please, man, like these guys, I don't know why. I don't know why people ask me, why did God speak to you? Why did God? I'm like, dude, I, I ask myself that question all the time. Like, that's not fair. It's not fair. God would speak to me multiple, multiple, multiple times. It's not fair. I tell God that's not fair. I pray for people. I pray for Muslims, for atheists, for, for Jews, for gays, for trans, all those people. Like I, I, I don't try to use my faith to hurt people. You know, I know what I experienced. I have no idea. It baffles my mind. As you said, like, it's not like you're, you're trying to be disobedient. It's not like you're saying like, it's not like you're saying F you God. You're saying, I don't have a reason to believe in this. Right. I totally get that. Sid. I totally respect that. I totally respect that brother. So I really appreciate you giving your opinion. Um, okay. So, um, would you be willing to subject your belief in divine communication to a falsifiable test? And to kind of explain what I mean here is if all of this is internal to you, then your deity in this case, can't know what you don't know, but if it is external and has access to information that you don't, then it is falsifiable to a reasonable degree uh, whether or not this communication is in fact actually happening or whether or not it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. And the way that I would, the way that I would test that is to create a randomized multi-digit uh, sequence of letters, numbers, symbols. And then when this communication happens, in order to validate that, ask for that code can be provided. Dogs. <laughs> that was the dog. Uh, if that key for if that that uh, key combination can be provided, then you are in fact accessing some external knowledge that you couldn't have known. But if it can't be, it's probably all in your head. Well, I in the story that I told you, those were ex multiple times external stuff that was happening, um, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, not just four times, not just five times, at least ten different times that. Yeah. Uh, that these things is... happen. Hold on, let me finish. So you're asking me, you're asking me if this solely happened into my mind. So this happened three different times. And again, I've experienced multiple times where I've, you, okay, you, you might, you might say there's some kind of naturalistic explanation, but multiple times where God spoke to me and then he materialized something in front of me. So you might say, okay, maybe I just didn't, maybe it was actually there and I just didn't see it. And then it just happened to be there. Uh, I know that God spoke to me and then immediately after it happened. So, um, but if the question specifically what you're talking about in your question, probably, but I'm probably sure that I would fail because I don't, I don't claim, like I do not claim that God speaks to me every day. I told you 
prior to coming down here to Mokpo, um, I did not hear from God for five years. And then I came down here and he spoke to me for seven hours, seven hours straight. He spoke to me. And I'm telling you, this is after I'm telling you five years where I felt like, man, I've sinned so much. I've messed up so much that, um, uh, you know, that he's just not going to, he doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. I genuinely felt that way. And so to answer your question, I don't think I would pass that test. I would positively strap a TNT bomb onto myself and take a lie detector test and say, I know I would pass to say, I know I had these experiences. What, even if they weren't true, I, I can, I, I know that I, I know that I would pass in the sense that at least I believe that, that one, if you just went by, did I believe that this happened? Absolutely. But I couldn't, I don't think I would pass a test that would probably suit you scientifically. Let's say that. that I mean, well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be right now. I'd be happy to create a sequence, save it. And next time this happens, just ask for that as confirmation. And then you can bring it to me and I'll tell you whether or not you got it right. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's fine if you don't, that, that's okay. I mean, you're, you're welcome to say no, because as you say, this may not happen for years. It may not ever happen again. Right, right. Call it a failsafe. Okay. So you're gonna believe you're gonna be you're gonna be a Christian if, if that does happen. Uh I, <laughs> can't, I can't predict that. I can't now, yeah. <laughs> actually, See that shit, I can't shit. answer I, this is how you this I is can't you... answer that. I can't answer that. And the answer to that is no. <laughs> well, now, what's the point? What's the point? Here's the like, I'm, right, I'm I'll answer time. that. Time. I'll answer that question too. The reason that I now, if you convinced me that Christianity was true, I would believe that it was true, but I would not be a Christian because I do not believe it is a moral religion. Okay. So you fair could enough. convince me that it's true, but okay, my conscience enough. would not allow me to be part of it. Fair uh, enough. The same is true. Um, a Muslim asked me the same thing about Islam. If they could convince me that it was true, would I be a Muslim? And the answer is no. I don't consider it to fit my. Uh, my morals. You could convince me that a deity existed, maybe even that it was yours, but I must follow the dictates of my conscience, and that would prevent me from subordinating myself to something I believe is morally wrong. Very valid point. And with that being said, yes. we're going to close this uh, this podcast. But before we do, I want you to give. Uh, you can take up to five minutes here. Uh, I want you to explain about your son. Um, that's a very, very, very touching story. Uh, this probably be Sid's first time to hear it, but if you can explain about um, what the causes he was interested in, and we're going to put a GoFundMe page um, here. I'm going to make a contribution. Um, I usually send out gift cards to uh, the participants who participate in RHC podcast, and so rather than, than sending out your gift card, I'm just going to make a donation to this uh, GoFundMe page. So, Robert, uh, the spotlight is on you, buddy. Okay. So, uh, back in 2013, my son, um, he grew ill. And uh, he passed away very suddenly. Uh, got spinal meningitis and uh, slipped into a coma and never woke up. Uh, some years ago... Uh, one of the things I did to honor his memory around the time that he got sick was I donated to some causes. Uh, hey, I'm, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so sorry. What's that noise? 
Okay, stop. Okay, I'm sorry. No sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, the dog was drinking. The dog was drinking. Yeah, water. it was like we're at the crescendo, and I hear like. Shh, shh, shh. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, sorry about that. I'm so, so no. I'm so, so I'm so sorry, Robert. I'm so sorry. Can you please start again? Because I, I this is a very important part, and I don't want it. I, I just want the audio to be great. Okay, please. Thank you. I'm sorry. Anyway, some not a problem. So some years ago, my son uh, grew sick and fell into a coma, a spinal meningitis, a very rare strain, and he passed away. Uh, every year since, in order to honor his memory, uh, I have around his birthday and around the anniversary of his death, uh, I would contribute things to various causes. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did you know blood donations. Uh, my little fandom actually got involved and they donated food uh, to food banks, uh, blood to blood banks. And uh, we even helped send a couple of kids to, uh, to a school in Uganda so they could get a, an education. Uh, my son was also very anti-death penalty. He said it wasn't fair because you could kill the wrong, you know, the wrong person. Innocent people can pay for that. And it, it wasn't right. Uh, so, you know, we've done donations to, you know, anti-death penalty things or uh, paid for vaccinations, things of that nature in order to, uh, to continue to give him an, uh, a positive impact on the world that he was very fond of. Uh, so that's, that's something that we have continuously so done. What are we going to be uh, donating to him? Uh, the, kids that I, the kids that I helped send to school uh, some years ago are graduating now. Uh, there was two boys and uh, they are ready to go to college and I wanted to kind of help fund their uh, attempt at furthering their education and bettering their lives. Uh, right, so a couple of days ago I went ahead and created a, a GoFundMe for that purpose. Uh, school in Uganda is not tremendously expensive. You're looking at about a thousand dollars a year per kid. Uh, for a four-year university I would be happy if I could just you know pay for ideally all of it but if I can't do all of it I would like to do something as close to that as possible even if it's only partial wow that's you know, if very... I could raise about if, yeah if I could raise you know a thousand for each of them uh, and I could just do this every year until they graduate <laughs> that'll be start enough Robert, you're a very, uh, yeah, you're a credit to humanity. I, I really wish I could have met your son. He sounds like my type of person. I mean, I think we would have gotten along well. But um, that being said, we are going to post a link to that. Thank you um, for that. I am, um, I could very I'll, well. I'll send it to you. I could very well imagine, um, had I lost my daughter, that, that would cost me not I can very well imagine that. So, it's, uh, it's not a thing I would wish on anyone. It, it isn't. Some people, you know, uh, I manage though, and uh, remember. That being said, I really want to thank both of you guys for joining me um, today. Um, that's a very interesting topic, and um, really appreciate you sharing, Robert. And um, yeah, we're just moving this conversation along. And um, sometimes some difficult conversations and sometimes some funny conversations. I try to use some comedy whenever I can to kind of break it up. But um, mm -hmm. yeah.
Thank you guys for joining me today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back in the next episode of RG Podcast. Uh, goodbye.